Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFP Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, here to review what was undoubtedly probably, in my opinion, the most disappointing game of 2021 thus far. John, you might have a different opinion, but uh, that that was bad. Uh, that was bad on many levels. I am I am upset at a lot of things, uh, but I figure I'll let you have the measured response so you can start. Yeah, no, I'm more upset when we lose. Um, we should have won this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should have won the game before there was a red card. We should have won this game based on who the team we were playing uh, and our record so far. Um, you know, we'll talk about substitution patterns later. <laughs> to me, it comes down to we had 20-something shots, 25, 26 shots, uh, I think, by the end of it. Uh, players were incredibly not clinical in front of goal. They were running into each other. Uh, like literally, like Keystone cops chest bumping in each other, into each other instead of shooting the ball or, or or having someone come in. So the subs that came in, some of them look good, some of them look bad. Nigel Roberta has shown me absolutely nothing at all in any of his appearances so far. He has no confidence, so uh, it's bad. I think the the team doesn't really take off until it finds a striker with confidence that can. Uh, boss the boss the box uh, and and take the opportunities when they're given, uh, but that's not what we have right now. So we're we're where we are. But I I will uh I will we can we can get into the specifics in general or however you want to do it. But I think that this is two points dropped for sure. I think it's not indicative of anything broader. And I think that I'm ready for this next game to hurry up and get here. <laughs> are, are, are you sure about that? After you watch uh, Lasada decide uh, to, to start the same players, which I, I didn't necessarily, and I'm going to get into it this time. I, I think, I, you know, I've, I, I am, let me, let me be clear before I begin this. I'm still very much uh, backing Hernan Lasada. I think he is still a, a good coach for this team. Um, but let's be clear, he threw out that lineup, and my impression was, okay, maybe we see a half, maybe 50 minutes, and then we see maybe some players, you know, showing signs of fatigue, you take them out, and you, and you, uh, you make some, put in some new players. Uh, he waited till, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 68th, 70th minute, to actually start to make subs, to, to bring in some different players, and, that for me is a little bit unacceptable, especially when you're up when you're up a man, and it's clear what, what I what was working was not working. Yes, DC was maybe still generating chances, but for large stretches of that second half, they looked rather comfortable as uh, as both uh, as both Dave Johnson and Ryan Nelson remarked. Um, the players are the players right now, and and yes, we can talk about the poor finishing. We can talk about the the lack of a killer instinct. Uh, that that is going to be DC United in 2021, unless there's some major major shift in, in the transfer market. Um, so, but I look at this and I say the players were very clearly gassed. It was long past due, and I thought he waited. Uh, I thought he waited uh, too long on on making some subs and making some changes and bringing in some fresh legs. Because once those fresh legs got in, once your Nyman's got in, once your Rain has got in. Uh, once your Griffin Yowls got in, uh, things started to look better. But if you don't give them enough opportunities to actually turn the tide of that game, uh, you get what you got. And and I, I think that was a, a huge mistake on his part. And in my opinion, uh, he cost us two points in this game. Uh, th- this is this has been his first major folly in my, in my mind. 
and I hope it doesn't come to bite us because if we leave this game with a with an embarrassing loss to New York City, uh, this is going to be a, a major gamble on his part that really, really backfired badly. Um, I'm really worried about this team heading into New York. I would have felt a lot better if they found a way to get a win, but you know, it, it is what it is at this point. I mean, we, we, we can spend hours talking about, you know, oh, Kamara didn't finish this. Paredes didn't finish that. Uh, you know, the players are the players. The, the coach is the one thing that's been the, the new thing this season. And in my opinion, he made the wrong, he made, he made the wrong choice. Um, and, and DC has paid for it. How much? We'll see. 2.4 expected goals, 27 shots. Okay. Three big chances. Yeah. All right. Fair. But, you know, you still, you still, this has been the story for DC United all, all season. You're not going to tell me that's any different. Like, this only, this is 19 shots in the box. What? I, I don't, I, I, I understand that they were tired. And I understand that when we had six new players on in the last 15 minutes, we looked better. But Montreal also stopped trying to counter in the last 15, 20 minutes. They put, everyone behind the ball and it became a shooting gallery. And then their goalie flopped around like a fish faking like his leg fell off and then killed seven minutes of extra time. And then (laughs) he was able to somehow run out of the 18 and make a slide tackle. But then after that, like his, uh, I guess his muscles fell off. I don't know what happened there. Uh, But this was, this was a failure in a bunch of places. I, I, we, we disagree and that's fine. Uh, I think it will be interesting. We're not, we're not listening to the press conference right now because we're doing this because we're recording because we want to get this show out because also we have an interview with Tegan McGrady coming up <laughs> after this. Um, but it will be interesting to see if uh, where Aaron sort of sees where this game fell apart. Yeah. And what uh, I think that'll be. I think that'll be interesting. Will he will he say uh, I took a gamble with with this lineup with rolling the same 11? Um well, we'll know. We'll know tomorrow as everyone's listening to this. We'll, we'll have the answer to that. And I imagine too that when we uh, when we write this game up, we'll have that we'll have the that information at our, at our hands. So, New York City FC they played they played tonight and won one nothing. Is mm-hmm. that right? Correct. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 not uh, too concerned about playing them this week. I don't think we're going to get housed by them. I think the defense is still extremely good. Uh, I just think that. We don't finish chances, whoever whoever we have in there. So uh, we'll be interesting to see who uh, does he roll. What 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 do we see from a lineup perspective? Uh, it's Sunday, right? It's a Sunday in uh, at Red Bull Arena, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what that is. So the, uh, the starting eleven for that will be very interesting coming off of this. I, I I think we both were saying if there was a game to rotate, I would have done it this one. Mm-hmm. I would have done it away to Montreal. Uh, he went the other way, so we'll see what. If he rolls the same one on Sunday, that would be very surprising and very. That would be a good conversation piece for our show on Monday if that happens. A couple, a couple of, a couple of things I do want to analyze um, as far as the players go. Um, I thought I, I am, I love Felipe. First, let me say he's a friend of the show um, in every in every capacity. I feel like this team needs somebody who is more willing to go forward. I think we have been a little stagnant in the middle of the field uh, with Russell Canals and Felipe basically doing the same roles, which are the defensive stoppers, you know, pressure, crush the ball. Um, and I think we I think we need somebody who has a little more tendency to go forward. Uh, right now, um, Moreno is with Venezuela, and that leaves Moses Nyman. Um, he would have been honestly the first sub, I, the first start I would have made off the bench uh, off of this team. I would he was the first sub I would have made, and he would he I also would have considered starting him. 
because he he brings an ability to move forward and to push the ball forward and, and to and to open up opportunities. Um, I I will say DC did have chances, but I don't think they had enough that you would consider uh, that you would consider this necessarily a dominant performance. Um, the the finishing was lacking. They they probably deserved a goal, but. I, almost two and a half. <laughs> almost two and a half, according to expected goals. Yes, but you know, I, I I watch this game and I look back on it and I'm like, and maybe it's, it's easy in hindsight, but I'm like, I never really. I was worried this team was not going to find a way to 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 put the ball in the back of the net because it just didn't feel like, especially towards the end of the game. And that's where coaching comes in, and that's where you say, okay, this isn't working. We need to come up with something new, and everything kind of stayed pretty stagnant. It was the same feeling I had in the first half that I had in the second half. Only it was more frustrating in the second half because it was coming close to the end of the game. Um, Kevin Paredes, uh, both both Paul Ariola and uh, Julian Gressel just looked absolutely gassed by by the yep. time they were subbed off. Um, they, there was a there was a diminishing returns in the second half for them. Um, Ola Kamara didn't. I don't think he really had a major chance. The only real thing is um, I, this team needs to figure out somebody else into Adrian Perez's spot. Um, I think he showed his Jordy Reyna. What's that? Jordy Reyna, he looked very good in his in his 15 minutes, yep. and I think you can slot him in right in that spot. Yep. I mean, that, that would be the player I would put in. Um, I mean, you don't talk about Nigel Robertha. I, I don't know if he slots in for Ola Kamara at this point. He did have one header that went over the bar. Um, other than that, I mean, this was probably the most frustrating game I have watched uh, of 2021, um, especially in a game when you, you feel like you should, you should get three points. Um, so... I don't know. Here's some quotes, by the way, from Renan. Uh, you can add Montreal to the list of teams we dominated this season. Uh, still adds that DC is everything to win the game, uh, but finish. The only thing missing, and that's nothing new. It's the goals. I mean, he's not wrong, but I, I, I don't know. I just feel like there could have been more on his part to recognize quicker what was going on and make the subs. The fact that you had Montreal being the team to make the first big subs of the game um, I would have looked at halftime. Well, they were down. They were down a man, so that makes sense. I mean, that, I mean, I, I mean, that, that made sense for them. But I, I, I feel like he could have also made those changes. I think he could have recognized, hey, let's get some more attacking up there. Let's get some more offensive power up there. Instead, he stuck with the same guys, and he paid for it when they were gassed. I, I, I don't know. I would, I would have originally said, yeah, you take off one of your defensive midfielders. But if you remember in the starting half, of, starting bit of the second half, Montreal had just as many chances going the other way as DC was, and, was, and that's was all, profiting. They were, but that's all the reason to make your subs. That's all the reason to bring in some new players, bring in some players that can turn that tide. You should not be being dominated when you're down a man. You shouldn't. It's true, but that is also DC United's medium-term history. No matter who's what, the coach or who that, the players. Uh, okay, okay, stop, stop. There's a new there's, is that there, not true? There, there's a new coach out. There's a completely new regime out there as far as coaching. There's a completely new identity. Hernan Lasada, when he came here, talked about how he would much rather win games five four than than one than one nothing. And right now Is this his first draw? Is this his first gorilla draw ever? I believe so. Remember? I, I think so. <laughs> we gotta check the stats on this. We'll have we'll have our <laughs> we'll have our crack research team check us out. But I think that may be true. But it, it it was it was kind of um, it was almost deja vu watching Ben and watching the tweets and the amount of time. Hey, we need a sub. We need a sub. Let's get something new. And it was painfully obvious. And then it still took him five six minutes to actually make that move. I don't know. There there was a lot in this game that that frustrated me. Um, and and I think Arnon Arnon takes the cake as far as this concerned. I still support what he's doing. I still support his identity. I'm not changing any of that. I think he made a mistake last night. And I think I, regardless of whether he admits in the press. 
I, I'm wondering if deep down maybe he knows that. And I think now he has he has every reason to make a sub, make some changes to that. If we if we roll out the same starting lineup, uh, then then you're, I'm going to start being a little bit concerned uh, about about what's going on here and and and, and what we're, what we're going to see from this team. So. Um, Ola had a Ola had .03 expected goals for the whole game. Yep, he. I mean, he never really had many opportunities. He he was yeah. a ghost. He was a ghost. I'm trying to see where the where the bulk of our opportunities were coming from. The, the, uh, it looks like Gressel and Ariola actually seem to be the the the, well, the XG producers. Well, Ariola probably had the best moment of the game, and my biggest frustration yeah. with him is he tries to be sneaky. And plays it, um, and sort of plays it right, trying to to hit that far side of the goal, which was wide open at the time. He doesn't put enough pace on it, and I think even uh, even Kamara was judging that he would play it towards him, and he was trying to jump to get out of the way because he was clearly in an off in an offside position. And I think if if Ariola plays that sort of maybe stutters or plays that you know uh, back basically back where it came, which is what you're told to do. Uh, I think that ends up in the back of the net, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I think the way I think, I think there, I think he, I mean, he may have had some traf, uh, some crossing traffic there on that. I think, like you were saying, a touch, a touch, and the goalie is going to commit one way or another, and you just roll it into the net from the six yards out. But he got a little. That, I mean, that that's not just him. I think we saw Paredes do that a couple times. There was a number of opportunities where, and I think even uh, Ernan said this in a previous press conference, like these players need to realize they have more time than they think they have. And they get so panicked in the box and they make the wrong choice over and over again. Uh, and that's, you know, I don't think I don't, there's only so many times you could probably say that to them. Like you got, you have time. I, I, I'm okay with you having the ball taken off of you versus you scuffing a shot. You should be, you should be getting it on frame and you should be making the goalie move. If it, if you get, if you're not doing that, that's just as bad for me as if it gets stolen from, from away from you in the box. That would that be that would be the coaching point that I would be trying to drive to them, and maybe he is, but that was that was frustrating from an offensive perspective to keep doing that over and over again. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed, and and I think there's there's a lot you know from the finishing uh, that we can take from this game. Um, honestly, it's been a frustrating game. I think I'm done. I, I feel like I've I've gotten out I've gotten out the anger at this point uh, with 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 what we saw. Um, I don't know if you've any according to. F- yeah, according to FootMob, the players of the game for DC United are Donovan Pines and Andy Nahar. <laughs> and Donovan Pines, Donovan Pines might be. I think yeah. he was. I think he had a very. I think he had a very good game. Um, there were a few sort of weird opportunities that Montreal were about to have, and not because they did anything, but just because the the way the gameplay was happening, they would have a they would have a breakaway or something. And Donovan cleared a couple problems up that could have been uh, some serious chances for Montreal. So that's good. Um, I think it brings up again. Where, as Steve Birnbaum comes back, like Andy Nahar is, I guess it's going to be him because <laughs> Donovan Pines. The the more and more he keeps contributing, uh, it, it'll be harder to take him out. And I'm trying to think of anybody else here I want to comment on. Um, I think you're definitely right on Gressel. Gressel was gas. Everyone remarked on his face when he got pulled out. Like he's just like they were like, oh, it was all. I think Dave said it's all it's all there in his face. And I think. It was a. I am tired, but b. Like I cannot believe we have not scored. This this is this is driving me. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That was the face. That was what I read on his face. So, um, you know, we got we got a lot to look forward to for this weekend. We obviously will not have a show again before the game. God, please, we can't have three shows in a week. We'll die. Uh, but we will have a show on Monday, and, and we'll also have uh, hopefully. Uh, I would say a draw would be fine. I would like a a one one draw would be okay for me. Yeah, I think on the road against against New York City. Um, 
But yeah, so that that's that's where we're. this is a frustrating game that we should have won. Uh, Ted and I do not see eye to eye on the reasons, but overall, the end of the story is we got one point uh, instead of the three that we I, should have gotten, I, and I, I lost a bunch of money <laughs> on my confidence. I let me let me be clear. Let me be clear, John. I I see your reasons. I see your reasons, and I think they are valid reasons. I am like at this point, there's not much really we can change about what's here right now and that's and that's more what i'm getting at is i I think i think there could have been choices that could have been made by our coach to sort of change the style of the game and give some fresher legs some more opportunities and maybe we would have seen a different result i I feel like there wasn't enough time um for for them and and also and also uh the the keeper going down i think was actually uh a, a blessing in disguise for montreal because i think it clearly killed any momentum DC, For sure any momentum DC had. I mean, yes, he's playing on one leg, so you get that one opportunity. Um, I, I will. He did, this, he, did this, he did this last time, also. By the way, he had a, he had a leg injury last time DC United played him. Another hamstringer. I, I'm I'm not one to accuse people. No, absolutely not. He did look hurt. I'm they not. were ready, they were ready to sub him. They were ready to sub. Sure. And, yeah. No, I mean he definitely did look hurt. Did he look like his leg was about to fall off? Did he look like did he look like it, that was a seven minute chill? You know who's to say? Uh, he he managed to find the wherewithal a couple different times after the injury. Maybe that was adrenaline. It's like a like a mom lifting a car off of her baby. Who knows? Who who can say? It, but all all that matters in the end is we didn't we didn't no, yeah. cash in any of it, our numerous chances. He did so, not cost well. he did not cost DC this game. No. The way the team played, we can disagree about how much the coaching played it played a role in this, but um. But yeah, uh, I think that's gonna do it. Um, <laughs> I wish we, well, I wish we had a funner podcast for you guys. Uh, but we do have a great. Well, you do now. You, you <laughs> the the fun thing you have now is a really great interview that was from the before times. Before times, uh, before when, when things were happy. We had, and, and, right before we had watched this game. So uh, you have Tegan McGrady coming up after this. Uh, also, you have a Washington Spirit game coming up this Saturday. Uh, against Kansas City, uh, a game that I'm hoping the Spirit should win. But then again, I also ho- I thought DC United should win this game. So who knows? We'll see. A team, uh, a but, team with uh, quality and, attackers and can actually finish and have proven finishers. <laughs> well, I would say they have a ve- they have a very they have a very similar profile of chances created, but and, and maybe less I'm, less converted than they'd like. I but, am more I am more uh, optimistic on the Spirit right now than DC's finishing. Let's just say that. Maybe so. <laughs> All right. So uh, and, enjoy enjoy this interview with Tegan McGrady next. Welcome back in RFK Refugees Podcast. John alone. Uh, Ted is off doing whatever he's doing. Uh, I have with me Tegan McGrady from Washington Spirit. How you doing, Tegan? Good. How are you? Good. All right. Let's let's get started. Uh, we have uh, you have had so far. You had two starts to the first part of the season. How are you feeling physically this year? Um, you finally getting a little bit of a normal soccer experience. Last year was the Challenge Cup, and then a couple months off, and then random random games in the fall series. How are you feeling physically? Uh, with games every week? Um, definitely doing a lot better. I mean, as everyone knows, I was always, you know, quite injured in the past. So it's it's nice to actually come out here and um, have what seems to be so far a good injury-free season and just want to continue on that path and keep getting stronger. Have you changed your off-season? Like, what, have you changed the way you prepare? Or is it just sort of like, I think I heard you talk about that in another in another interview. Yeah. You sort of retooled your mm-hmm. offseason program. Yeah, I did. I think last year after the Challenge Cup, when I was injured for a, a quite amount of time, I was able to kind of start from like the bottom up, like very ground zero fundamentals of strength work, and kind of reprogram the entire 
um, way that my body was moving and compensating for other things. So we, you know, got down our firing patterns so much better foundation that I could easily build off of and um, did a lot of explosive training in the off season with my speed and agility trainer once I went home and did a lot of strength work. And from there, maybe didn't spend as much time on the ball and doing running. I did that more as soon as I got here. So I think just building my base this year, more than focusing on soccer and the running portion was ultimately what gave me like a really strong base to be able to come here and kick off really fast. And luckily you had the world's longest preseason in human history to get ready for the soccer and the running stuff. So that's, that's a good part. Yeah. Uh, what is, what does having a dislocated jaw feel like? I imagine it feels weird and awful. Uh, (laughs) How would you describe it? Yeah. um, It it definitely wasn't, wasn't fun. It couldn't really bite down all the way and couldn't really, you know, do a lot. It was, it was rough for a couple of days, just eating soup and smoothies and trying to keep it calm. Oh, I, I can I cannot, cannot imagine. It sounds awful. Um, so let's talk about the season. Uh, the Spirit have scored six, uh, conceded six. So it's every game has been a nail biter. Every game has been really, really tight. Um, both watching and with your time on the field, what are you seeing from the defense this season? Uh, how are you feeling uh, with with the new system that's in place? What's what's your observation of uh, how the team's performing defensively? Yeah, defensively, I think um, it's definitely been maybe a little bit rockier than we expected coming out at the beginning of the season. But I think with everything that has been thrown at us and kind of changing the lineup around different ways with different people in different positions, I think we've done a really good job adapting to, especially these past couple of games. I think our defense has been very solid. Um, it, it definitely is hard when you have people coming in and out of the lineup, especially on the defensive side, just because chemistry is such a big thing. But I think the more that we are playing with each other and the more people are getting time on the field, the better off we are with understanding one another, the way that we move, where we kind of want our cover behind us, where we want it in front of us. And so I think that just will come with more time being together. I think it's still very early in the season to be completely clicking on all cylinders. And I think we'll get to that point, um, hopefully sometime soon, but I feel that we're moving in the right direction. Definitely going forward. I think we definitely are getting our feet under us and I can't wait to continue to be out there. I noticed it's a, I was doing a write up this week of sort of the, the spirit so far and three goals this year conceded within seven minutes of goals scored. Like three times, and there's not that many games. It's very the, the cliche is always the most yeah. dangerous time for a team is after they score. But literally for the Spirit this year, I think that is actually true. You conceded half of your goals yeah. <laughs> all season in that in that dynamic. Is that just just so obviously a small sample size? And I wouldn't imagine this yeah. to be a pattern all year, but mm-hmm. that's just it's just one of them things. Yeah, I think it's just something we've definitely talked about a lot too as a team, and I think it's just our mentality at that point. I think our mentality. Uh, needs to be stronger after coming off of scoring. And I think some of them have been unfortunate situations that have happened, but I also think that we have wanted to, you know, kind of dial in on that issue, especially and try and cut it out right now. So especially this last week, we've been, you know, wanting to compete more in training and wanting to do these things that will get us in a mentality to not allow those things to happen so we can come out with you know three points instead of one point where we feel like we've dropped a couple here and there the good thing is that seems like that's a mentality versus a tactics issue yeah. that's just very much like after you score like all right everyone look at each other in the face yeah <laughs> at least three minutes of no goals <laughs> being scored we're gonna we're gonna lock it down yeah um 
one of the team's strengths this season has been chances created, and particularly from the wings. Crossing it has been fantastic. Yourself, Tori, Kelly, a few other players. Honestly, there is so much positional versatility on this team. It makes it very every every game the the lineup comes out and it's not in positional order. You're like, I have no idea. <laughs> it could be any. It could be literally anything. This team is is crazy. Yeah. Um, how important do you think that element is to the success of the team that's had so far and for the rest of the season? I know that that's. Uh, sort of that 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 danger from coming in from the outside and creating those chances to hopefully have them be buried by Ashley and Trinity and whoever's whoever's up front. How important is that to this team's success going forward? It's so important. I think all of our video that we've done lately on past games has really just been talking about how we are so close to being this team that just puts teams away. And we know that it's coming. We think it's once again, another mentality thing. The more that we do it, the more that we work on it, the more that we ingrain it in our mind that that ball has to go into the back of the net when we get those chances and it's going to come. I think once again, it's still early on in the season and we might not be firing on that cylinder just yet, but I have a feeling that if we keep honing in on those things, like getting around the outside, getting crosses in, you know, the forwards um, finishing their chances, one-on-ones, anything I feel. And we all feel that it's coming. We're so close to just tipping over that edge and that's all we need. And I feel that once we do that, we're going to be a very dangerous team to play against. Yeah, if you look at, I think I saw a stat this on Twitter this week that uh, between Trinity's one million shots that she's taken so far this season, her and Ashley Sanchez on expected goals are the number two combo in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, so the danger, the danger is there. It's, yeah. it's really exciting to watch as a fan uh, and anyone else. Um, Emily and Kelly both selected to the Olympics today. Great news for them. Uh, from a personal perspective, are you excited for the extended run on the team that you're going to get this summer? I feel like I know Twitter is excited. You have quite a vocal fan group every every game where Stegan Stegan should be starting. <laughs> I, I would say I would say you have a louder fan base than the, than anybody else in the rest of the team as far as like lineup lineup concern. So uh, how how does that feel? I, I I feel like you're getting this is a long season. You just you just alluded to it. I was scrolling through the schedule. It took me like five minutes to get through all of the games that are still coming. It feels yeah. seasons feels like it's been going on for a while, but it I hasn't. So you're I think you're going to get a long run now. How does that mm-hmm. how does that feel uh, going into the Olympics and the break afterwards? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'm so excited for you know Sana and Kelly to you know get their chance to go get you know an Olympic medal. So that's great for them, and you know it also means from me on my side that I I need to do a job on the field that we're going to be both missing them and it's gotten me really excited. I've kind of just been waiting for my time to get out there. And when I do get out there to take the chances that I have, and I I've known that this time has been coming up. And so I've mentally just started to prepare myself for what seems like a, a long stretch here where I'm going to need to be starting to fire on all cylinders. And I think that's something that I'm trying to prepare myself for that. I want to start, you know, hitting this, this upward trend of how I'm playing, how I'm feeling. And it's just exciting. I can't, I can't wait to be back on the field. And I know the fan base is also excited. Uh, they keep they me are. going every week for sure. Um, I just, yeah, it's definitely been really nice to be back with Kelly again after, you know, watching her play at Stanford for so many years, um, just being able to watch her and learn from her on the field has also given me a whole different perspective this year and being able to learn from someone who plays that position so well. And at the at the highest level, I think I had a unique experience of being able to sit behind her right now and watch her for a bit. Yeah, and I'm you know, I'm biased. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, but I've been looking at sort of the players likely to be called up and what that does to their club sides. I think the Spirit are in a good spot because I think the depth and the positions that they're losing are very good. Yeah. 
you're, you're going to, I think you slide right in. You were a starter before. I think I'm on most teams. You'd pen that in right away. Um, I look at teams like Orlando, maybe has a bit more of a channel. Like the goals could dry up. Sydney, obviously mm-hmm. will still be there, but, um, so I think that from a, from a club perspective, I think you, you've got to be, you got to be feeling pretty good. You feel like this is an opportunity to yeah. really make up some points, maybe on some other teams that are going to be a little bit more harder hit. Yeah, for sure. I think that was also like a big thing. My first year when I came into the league and we had the world cup, I think we had, you know, the spirit, our team had picked up, you know, quite a bit of points through that world cup time. And, um, you know, just the depth really helps in all ways. And I have, you know, a feeling that this year, especially we're going to be able to pick up quite a few points through the time of the Olympics, especially with all the players that we have and how much depth we have to our team this year. That was the, that was the period of time where Andy was on a mission. I think if I recall correctly, that that was, she was just like a destroyer of worlds in the midfield. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got a game coming up this weekend against Kansas city. I completely forgot that they were playing today. Uh, so that's a great opportunity. Great thing for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had a rough season so far that continued today yeah. with a three, one loss to Orlando. They did get their first goal. So mm-hmm. that, that duck is yeah. broken. Um, you look at the standings and the results so far, and you would assume, you know, obviously you're not going to assume three points, but an outside observer would assume three points. Uh, but if you look, the only game you guys have lost this year has been against Louisville, a team that you would also have been favored over. So what is the team mentality going into this weekend after the draw against Chicago? How are you, how are you looking at this game? I think we're just looking to get three points, no matter if it was against Kansas city or North Carolina or any team this weekend, we really want to get a win because we feel that, like we said before, we we're right on the edge. And if we can just get over that, that little hump to get us into those points range, I, I think, we could do that this weekend. And I think we're all excited to get back out there and we've really been working on, you know, just finishing wanting to get, you know, past that final point, getting into the final third more often. Um, so regardless of what team it is this weekend, uh, I, I just have a feeling that we're finally going to get there. And I think it's definitely going to pose a little bit of a different perspective just because, um, Casey also does play on a, a little bit of a smaller field on a baseball field also. So I think we're, you know, also for sure, always looking at that, but you know, we already played on one baseball field this year at rain. So, and we got to win there. So I'm hoping that, yep. you know, we can, we can somehow channel that and again, and, you know, play our style of soccer and get back to how we've been playing. Richie has made no bones about how, how much, he hates playing on narrow fields, short fields. He's like, I want us to have as much grass as possible. That's where we dominate. So yeah. you'll be you'll be fighting more against, I think, the the environment maybe than, yeah. than anything else this For weekend. For sure. Uh, how did it feel to have a real crowd behind you in the game uh, against Orlando at Audi Field, aside from the sun trying to melt you all uh, and okay. turn you to puddles? Yeah, I honestly, I don't know who chose that 2 o'clock start time, but we were not happy. <laughs> no one liked it. No one wanted that. It's like, I don't know who, who chose that, but it definitely wasn't someone who was playing in the game. So... Right. Um, it, it's, it's been so great to have fans back, especially at Audi. It just makes for such a bigger environment and you can really feel the crowd getting behind you. And I think that's where sometimes you get a lot of that energy when, you know, you start to get tired and you start to think, oh gosh, like my legs are starting to get heavy, but that crowd keeps you going and keeps you remembering, you know, that you're on the field, that you're present, that you're in the moment and you need to get, you know, some sort of points out of that day. So the crowd, I think helps us more than people may realize but it definitely we can hear them we can feel it and it's always nice to know that we have people still behind us so it's been so great to to have fans back in the stands 
I could actually even feel it in that game from the press box. From like 70 to 85, the game felt a little bit more flat. Mm-hmm. I felt like people were starting to – but then in the last five minutes, I think there I think there was a there was a kind of a hard tackle on a yellow card over on the shaded side. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was like, I bet you they're thinking, why can't we keep the ball on this side? Yeah. Let's just stay over here where it's shaded. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll figure something out. But as far as the crowd keeping, I feel like – there was a little bit more juice than than maybe should have been there because it, it was drained and then like all right let's let's turn it on for a little bit and see if mm-hmm. we can get a winner yeah. couldn't but I did I could see it yeah the team was sure. um after Saturday you've got three games at home in a row oh, potentially your first game out in la- how's it gonna feel not to be traveling for three weeks and just gosh, sort of see where live where you live we're we're so excited I think everyone's like thank gosh we're gonna be home for three weeks we feel like I literally feel like we've played I mean we basically have played every game away except for that one at home so i think everyone's really excited to be around for more than what feels like more than a week <laughs> yeah and uh so you potentially going to be at segura speaking of loudon mm-hmm. uh are you excited about the training facility opening this fall have you guys you guys have been training where at the rfk ground training at, at rfk um where dc united is at so um yeah we're definitely excited for it to open once it finally opens. We're not sure when it's going to happen. Right. Um, Theoretically, the fall, right? Sometime, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we're, they say that, but we, we have no idea. We're right. kind of just, we've almost put it out of sight and out of mind for right now because we got so excited. And then as it keeps getting pushed back, we're like, oh my gosh, like the, you know, just yeah. the anticipation of wanting to be there. But it's okay. I think it's coming along well. And I think we're all, you know, excited to move into there once it's ready to go. Yeah, you just tell us when it's done, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, just just let us know. Mm-hmm. But I, I I asked Julian Gressel this last week, and uh, and Aaron when he came here, I was like, "Are you guys ready? For, do you know how far Loudon is? Like, do you realize if you live in the DC area, like, it's not a joke." And now that COVID is is where it is now, like, traffic's back. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like it was before. Uh, is anyone talking about moving out that way? Uh, I know a few of the DC United players have like a little frat row, mm-hmm. where they have all bad ha- houses next to each other. You guys thinking about that? So we actually Anyone? already live out here. We're Oh, in, well, there you go. We're in, um, we just moved out here this year thinking that the facility was going to be done at the beginning of the year. So we actually live out in um, like Ashburn, Sterling area right now. So most of us are already out here. So our trek into the city right now is, oh. is you know, Bummer. It, it, it's been, it's been wild going into the city, but I understand why they, they want us to right now. It's, it's the best facility that we can get and we get to go into Audi every day and uh you know really do the things that we need to off the field recovery wise lifting treatment so we totally understand why we're doing that it's just we're that's what we are very excited for the training facility to open up because that's a good 15 minute drive for us so we're just we're just oh. waiting for that day that delay had to be even more I didn't know that already that delay must have been super like oh, come on guys yeah <laughs> we already moved all the way out here we're so far from civilization out here exactly that's unfortunate mm-hmm. um You've had a lot of opportunities in the last year, year and a half, to speak on social issues, uh, racism. Uh, most most recently, you got to be part of a roundtable discussion on Juneteenth. Yeah. Uh, how important is is it for you to get to use your platform to discuss these issues that matter a lot to you and that are vital, particularly for people who may not know as much about them or have had perspectives that didn't include uh, yours or didn't include people like uh, people like yourself? Is that how, how how much does that mean to you to get to be the I don't know if chosen representative or you just get to, you get these opportunities and you get to, to, uh, to speak on it. Yeah, it's it's really important to me. I mean, I never realized how far and wide my voice could reach until last year when everything was going on. And I was never one to really use my voice. I've always been a little bit more quiet and closed off when it comes to that. 
but seeing, you know, one of my, you know, teammates and biggest allies last year, Kaya, um, really helping me through that time and leaning on each other. And then just being able to talk to my family about it and then giving me, you know, all the confidence and courage I needed to really speak out and speak how I feel about everything. And, you know, just seeing other athletes being able to do the same thing made me feel like I really did have a voice. And that was where I was like, I, I need to use my voice for those reasons that there may be other people out there who are, who used to be, you know, like me, where they don't feel that their voice has a space. And I want to make sure that everyone feels that they, they have that. And that was definitely something. And I've definitely, you know, had a couple things in the works going on that I'm so excited to work on with, you know, Rose Room Collective and everything. And, you know, I'm a big, big proponent in Black youth and wanting to uplift them. So I'm super excited for all the things that are in store. And I just really hope that my voice can continue to be, um, you know, a great, a great motivation for other people to continue to use their voice and also, um, you know, just be supportive and understand. And I think that's the biggest thing going forward. And shout out to Kaya doing all the work that she's doing in the last, in the last year. Check yeah. that out if, if folks haven't. Um, last question for you. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, what are your, you know, personal goals for the rest of the season? I won't say team goals because I asked Andy <laughs> and Ashley and they're like to win a championship. Yeah. It's like, yeah, obviously yeah. that is, yeah. but you know, what are, what are your goals? You, I assume you want to stay healthy, stay on the field, but what's your, yeah. what do you, what do you want from this year? Um, you know, I'm hoping that being on the field more will help me get back to that national team point by the end of this season. I think that's, been one of my biggest motivators too is I I want to do amazing for this team I want to you know be on that on the score sheet when it comes to assists and making a difference on the field especially as a left back and I think one of my biggest motivators has also been getting back to that full team you know I people always come to be surprised to find out when that I had already had my first cap and I haven't been back since and um it's been a long road and I definitely feel like I can get back there and this is the strongest that I've felt since I had been um, to the full team camp back in my junior year of college. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what the rest of the season has in store for me. And I just want to stay healthy and keep working to get back to a point where, you know, I'm being looked at again for that full team. Awesome. That's what we all hope for you too. Tegan, again, thank you, thank you for joining us. Uh, and I guess I would tell people, yeah, we always ask when we have journalists, I'm like, where can people find your work? Where can, you know, we can find you on the field. Obviously, that's where we can find you every weekend. Where can we find you on social media or on the internet if people want to follow you? Um, I think my Instagram handle is Teegs19, T-E-E-G-S-19. Um, on Twitter, I think it's at TegamicRady9. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really about it. I don't have much else that I that I do <laughs> in terms of me-wise. <laughs> Right. Well, you've got you've got a pretty busy job that, yeah. that probably keeps you off. Uh, you're not you're not starting new websites all the time. You're not uh, starting podcasts. But if you do and come on the show again, you can promote it anytime you want. Tegan, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate it. And we will be back after this break to wrap the show up. And uh, that was uh, Tegan McGrady. We thank her for taking the time out of her busy schedule uh, to talk about uh, her year so far and, and sort of what her expectations are. Uh, but that is going to do it for us here on the second show of the week. Uh, you know all the things we're going to tell you, but we're going to tell them to you anyway. Make sure you have bookmarked RFKRefugees.com because Ted and I are just publishing machines. Uh, you're going to have a link post every morning, and you're going to have wrap-ups, and you're going to have previews, and all the good stuff that you uh, you know like to read when you're sitting, hanging out, and looking at your phone. Uh, make sure you are uh, 
if you want to support the show, you could, I suppose, go to patreon.com slash RFKRefugees. And here's the big thing of the week. Ted and I are going to do something new. We are going <laughs> to break cards, uh, Parkside, NWSL cards. Uh, we're going to st- stream us breaking them open on uh, Twitch on Saturday night before the game at 7 o'clock, I believe is the time we talked about. We're maybe that TBD, I think it's 7. Uh, and uh, we're also going to have uh, packs to give away to people that are watching. I will tell you that the price of sports cards is going insane. So even if you don't like it, even if you're like, whatever, uh, you might find a card in here that's worth uh, some money to sell on eBay. So at the very least, from a capitalistic perspective, $0 to you and potentially upside uh, cost. But if you like, I have... Ted and I have both bought packs for ourselves. We're, we're very excited about this. Uh, so follow us on twitch.tv slash RFKRefugees, uh, and you know where you are on social. But that is enough asking things of you today. Enjoy this show, and hopefully enjoy six points on this weekend. Right, Ted? Six points on this weekend. Sorry, I was like, wait a minute. DC just drew. How can we have six? And then I remembered the spirit. <laughs> seven points so, yes. this week. That's what we'll seven say. Points we'll seven. This week. Se- seven points this week. That 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 would be nice. And we probably forgot about Loudon, too. But so maybe, We probably uh, did. <laughs> All right. Catch you guys on uh, Monday. Or Monday. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs>